Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, Culips listeners. Welcome back to another episode. You're listening to Simplified Speech, which is the Culips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. And today I'm joined by my co host, Cassie. Hello there, Cassie. Hey, Andrew, and hello, everyone. So, Andrew, I've got a question for you. Do you know what kombucha is? Kombucha. Kombucha. I think so. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a kind of tea that's been fermented. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, kombucha is a fermented tea, but Cassie, why are you asking me this question? <laughs> well, one of my new hobbies these days is brewing my own kombucha, and uh, I thought we could talk about it in this episode. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that sounds like a great idea, and I'd love to hear all about that, as I'm sure our listeners would as well. Great. We can talk about that in a moment, but before we do, let's let everyone know about our study guide and transcript for this episode. Good idea. So everyone, the study guide for this episode includes the transcript, detailed vocabulary, explanations and examples, a quiz and more. And you can download it in a PDF file and print it off if you're kind of old school like that and you like to have the physical paper. Or you can view a mobile friendly version that looks great on smartphones and tablets and computers. And to access the study guide, all you need to do is visit our website, culips.com, and become a Culips member. We also wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners who comes from the far east of Russia, Cassie, and her name is Alina. And Alina left us a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, Alina wrote, Hello, QFs team. I absolutely love your podcast. I honestly think it's the best one ever made, and so I keep telling everyone all about it. I've been listening to you for over two years and look forward to each and every new episode. When I see the notification on my phone, I literally jump up with excitement. You give me so much help, and it's always a pleasure to listen to your lovely voices. Please keep it up. Wishing you the best of luck and more listeners. Thanks a million. Wow, amazing review. Yeah, Alina, thanks so much. And thanks to all of our listeners who support Culips by leaving us a review on their favorite podcast provider. We really, really do appreciate your support. Okay, Cassie, so now that all of the announcements are out of the way, we can turn our attention to the weird and the wacky and the wonderful world of kombucha. And uh, I guess the first question that I have for you is why? <laughs> why did you start <laughs> brewing kombucha tea? There were two main reasons. The first one was I have a lot more free time on my hands these days and I, I wanted a new hobby. And uh, I thought it would be a cool experiment. Uh, kombucha, you know, it has a, a process that you need to fulfill. And if you don't fulfill every step of that process, uh, it won't work. You'll get a really bad batch and you'll have to start over from the beginning. 
Okay. And one more reason I picked it before we dive deep into the process of making kombucha was um, I wanted to make something that was full of probiotics. I've heard that they're really good for you. And uh, I hate taking vitamins every day. So I thought this would be a good alternative. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. Kind of killing two birds with one stone, right? Like gaining a new hobby and at the same time, not having to take vitamins and making something that's healthy for you. I like that. So yeah, why don't we dive into the process of how to make it? Because it is a little bit complicated. And for people who are not familiar with kombucha, it's not like you're brewing a hot cup of tea, right? It's completely different than that. You know, the traditional tea that we think of, maybe just green tea or black tea or a tea bag, I think uh, it's quite, quite different than making that kind of tea. So could you break it down and explain uh, the steps that you need to go through to make kombucha? Yeah, so kombucha is actually filled of a living organism. It's full of bacteria, but this bacteria is quote-unquote good bacteria. Your stomach is full of bacteria and that good bacteria helps you digest things in your stomach and, you know, keep you flowing well, I guess you could say. (laughs) Keep Um, you regular, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And is that why we call them probiotics, Cassie? Because those microbes are good for us? Um, You know, not quite sure, but I assume that is correct. Um, (laughs) Sounds good to me, at least. Yes. Uh, But because it's a living organism, you can't just start from scratch. You need something called the mother. The mother. Okay. You're going to have to break this one down. The mother. So what is the mother? The mother is like... An already living, thriving batch of this bacteria. So you can't just grow this bacteria out of thin air. I mean, it's it's a living thing, right? You like we're not God. We can't make a living thing. So you have to get it from somewhere else. Okay. Um, so it's not as simple as just going to your cupboard and taking out some ingredients and mixing it together, mm-hmm. and then you have the kombucha tea. But instead, you need to start it with this mother, this living thing, and then brew the tea from that. Okay, so uh, I imagine then that you would have to get the mother from maybe a friend that's making kombucha that has some of the mother (laughs) that they could give Mm. to you, or maybe you can buy it. I'm not sure. Can you buy it? How did you get your mother? Yeah, so I didn't have any friends around here that I knew of, and maybe some people could go on Facebook or something and find somebody nearby, but I also didn't have that. So I went onto like just a website, kind of like Amazon in the US. Okay. And I just typed in kombucha, and they were selling some like little <laughs> packets that have SCOBY. And SCOBY are these live cultures that you need to start making uh, kombucha. Okay. So SCOBY and mother, are these the same thing? Yes. So SCOBY is the liquid, and uh, if anybody's seen or heard of kombucha before, maybe uh, what comes to mind is this kind of alien-looking, squishy circle 
almost <laughs> like a jellyfish, it looks like. Yes. That, when I, before I started making kombucha, I thought that was a scoby. Um, but that is actually just the byproduct of your kombucha making process. Wow. Uh, it's not necessary. Okay. I also was under the assumption, I thought, that that jellyfish looking thing that <laughs> <laughs> you see in the jar of somebody making kombucha, I thought that was the SCOBY as well. But that's not it. Okay. That is just the byproduct of the living organism doing its thing in the jar while it's brewing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. I got my SCOBY and... Uh, there. After that, there's two steps. The first fermentation and the second fermentation. Okay, Cassie, let's break that word down for our listeners as well. Fermentation. What does that mean? Yeah, that is when your bacteria eat up the sugars in your liquid or whatever you're making and creates that product that is full of probiotics and the thing that you want. So a lot of foods that we eat are fermented, right? Like here mm -hmm. in Korea, we eat a lot of kimchi. At least I eat it almost every day, pretty much every day. In fact, um, there are also some kinds of pickles. Sauerkraut is fermented. Um, some alcohol is fermented. My favorite fermented food is sourdough bread which actually hearing you describe the process of making kombucha reminds me a little bit of how people make sourdough bread as well, because that needs to start from, they call it the starter, but it's almost pretty much exactly like the mother that you were describing earlier. Mm -hmm. So lots of foods that um, we can eat are fermented, and I love the taste of fermented foods. It has that kind of sour flavor, just a little sour mm -hmm. and it's really delicious, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. In the first fermentation process, that is when you do the normal tea making. Uh, you take boiled water, uh, you put in a bunch of tea bags, and you also put in sugar. Okay, so water, tea bags, and sugar. Are you using hot water to brew the tea? Yeah, so you boil it, and then you steep the tea and dissolve the sugar inside the water and then you have to let it sit until it's room temperature because if you try to dump your scoby into that mixture when it's still hot you can fry your bacteria they will die they will boil alive <laughs> yes <laughs> oh no okay so room temperature that describes just like warm water right when it's not cold and not hot it's mm. just like that neutral middle temperature that's what we call room temperature and cassie how big was the batch that you brewed are you making like just a small teapot or many many liters so my first time, I only had about a cup and a half of starter scoby. Mm -hmm. So I could only make about a liter my first time. But now I'm in my second or third iteration mm -hmm. and I make about four liters at a time. Okay, so it's quite the brew house that you have going on in your apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, after you put the scoby in and the tea, you just stick that in a cupboard, a nice warm spot uh, inside a jar, and you just let that sit 
for like a week, maybe two weeks until it starts to get bubbly and that sugar is all eaten up by the bacteria and it starts to taste a little bit sour. Okay. Now, I've had some friends that have done homebrew before, and homebrew is what we call making beer at home, homebrew. And those friends actually had, they were living together, they were roommates, they had a huge accident because in one of the stages of the beer making process, some something, I don't know what it was exactly, but some liquid exploded because it got too bubbly and I, I guess there was too much gas in the container. Do you have to worry about that when you're making kombucha as well? Yeah, you don't have to worry about that in the first fermentation. But after your liquid starts to get a little sour, um, it's ready for your second fermentation. And that is when you get the real bubble action. You take your kombucha that's ready and you stick it into bottles with like corkscrew top or you know something that can seal Mm -hmm. and you also add flavors at this stage so i've done orange creamsicle flavor uh, strawberry green grape flavor yeah you could do any variety of flavors you want and you have to let that sit for three days and while that's happening The sugars are being eaten again, and gas inside is building from carbon dioxide release. And now that your your liquid is in a sealed bottle, that air inside has nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So that's what causes that natural effervescence, that natural mm, seltzer kind of... Like the fizziness. Yeah, the fizziness, exactly. So if you're not careful, they can explode. This has <laughs> happened to my sister before when she made kombucha. A kombucha bomb, oh no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so that's really interesting. You made many different flavors. Uh, orange creamsicle. I think some of our listeners maybe don't know what a creamsicle is. It's very delicious. <laughs> Could you explain what a creamsicle is? Yeah, originally a creamsicle is a orange and vanilla ice cream bar. Um, but in this case, I just took orange slices and vanilla extract and added it to my kombucha tea. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So how did you flavor uh, for the creamsicle you added oranges and vanilla what about for Mm -hmm. the grape did you put in actual grapes yes and i put in the really delicious expensive uh japanese musket grapes shine musket yes oh they're so good (laughs) i don't know if these grapes are famous around the world but here in korea they are very popular and very expensive My wife Mm -hmm. bought some for our home and I almost passed out when she told me how much (laughs) they cost because they were like $30 for one bunch of grapes, but it was a special treat and they were very delicious. Cassie, you put them in the kombucha. Did the Mm -hmm. flavor turn out well? Was it delicious? It was probably my favorite flavor so far. I also made an apple cinnamon flavor where I chopped the apples into little pieces, put them in the jar, and mixed it with cinnamon. It was a really perfect flavor for fall. 
Yeah, that sounds like a perfect fall flavor. So I'm guessing then that all of your kombucha turned out well. There were no accidents or explosions or anything like that? Nope, I was really lucky. Uh, one of my flavors didn't get a lot of bubble, a lot of fizziness going on, but it still tasted delicious. So <laughs> I'm going to call it a win. <laughs> nice. Now, when you brew a big batch like that, like you said, you've done this two or three times and you're making four liters at a time. Uh, does it get tiresome to drink it at all? Or is it still fresh and delicious every time you drink some? So far, I haven't grown sick of it. And actually, I drink it faster than it takes to ferment. So right now, I'm actually out of kombucha and I'm just waiting for it to get fizzy. <laughs> I think that would be the difficult part of the process for me is the waiting, like especially between... Uh, making it and that first fermentation where you have to wait for like two weeks. Do you check in on it often during that time to see if there's any bubbly action happening? Oh my gosh, Andrew. I check it like religiously. <laughs> uh, the, the first seven days, nothing really happens. But after that, I probably check it daily until it gets to the, the proper taste that I want. So now that you have the SCOBY and you have the mother, does that mean that you can use this to make kombucha in the future? Like you can reuse it because it's still alive, right? It doesn't die after mm. you make some tea. Is, is that correct? Every time I finish my first fermentation process, I put the kombucha into an, those sealed jars, but I always leave at least... Uh, two or three cups in the bottom to start my next fermentation process. So it, it's all happening at the same time. When I put the ready kombucha into the sealed jars, then I already have my lukewarm brewed tea ready to put back into my giant four liter jar to restart the first fermentation once again. So the process is always in motion. It's always going. Exactly. <laughs> now, what happens if you wanted to take a break for uh, a little while? Would that mother die and would you have to replace it? The only reason I ask is because I actually talked with my mom the other day and my mom mm -hmm. said she was babysitting. And I said, oh, whose baby are you? watching that's weird i didn't know that you you had friends with babies and uh, she said oh i'm babysitting my friend's sourdough starter i guess her friend went on vacation and she doesn't okay. want her sourdough bread starter to die while she's on vacation so my mom is looking at it every day and maybe adding some flour or water i'm not sure you have to do something to it to make sure mm -hmm. that that bacteria doesn't die uh, is making kombucha the same as that if you want to take a break? Do you have to maintain that mother for a while? Um, yeah, usually they call that the scoby. And um, you honestly don't have to do anything up to a certain amount of weeks. I think maybe four 
or five weeks is the maximum. By that point, your tea is going to go from being like a sweet, sour taste to like a super vinegary taste. Um, so the bacteria is still fine, but you're going to have to toss out most of that liquid and start again when you get back because it, it won't be edible. I see. Okay. Very interesting. So Cassie, we're going to wrap things up here in just a moment, but I have one last question before we leave that I want to ask you. And that is how do you like to drink the kombucha tea? Do you drink it on ice? Do you drink it in the morning or is it something that you drink in the evening? What's your preferred way of drinking kombucha? I really like it. So I usually drink about a cup in the morning and a cup in the evening after dinner. Nice. Very good. Well, please save me a bottle, okay? Next time we meet up, <laughs> I want to try some of this uh, Cassie kombucha. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I can make that a brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but I would like to try it. So save me a bottle, okay? Will do, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Just to recap what we talked about here today, we talked all about Cassie's kombucha and this wild adventure that she's on with her new hobby of brewing kombucha in her home. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode and were able to learn a lot with us. If you enjoy studying and learning English with Qlips, then we would love it if you can support us. There are many ways that you can do that. The best way is to become a Qlips member on our website, qlips.com. And when you become a member, you'll get access to the study guides and learning materials for all of our episodes, plus a bunch of other tools that we've developed to help you become better at English faster. But that's not the only way that you can support us. You could also follow us on Instagram, leave us a five-star rating and a nice review on your favorite podcast platform, or tell your friends who are learning English to take a listen to Qlips. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See ya.